Good morning. This is Coffee with the Sarlos, and I'm Karen. Welcome. I'm Kelly. And I do have a cold. Okay, so this will be a little raspy. Yes, it is. And it, it actually, and it's going to be a little bit of a scattered show, I think, too. Okay. Just telling different stories today. Um, can I start with the first one? Is mm-hmm. that okay? Yeah. Um, it's today's story, actually, because um, it was my morning. My day didn't begin till after lunch. And um, I went to the gym this morning in the grocery store, and I drove you to work. And in the process of all of that, um, there was a gentleman's spirit in the car after I dropped you off, who um, was sitting in the back seat and told me that he had committed suicide. Then there was another gentleman sitting beside him, and he said he did too. And I thought, well, that is going to be very difficult when I meet either one person who has had two people commit suicide in their life or two different people today. So I thought, well, okay. Uh, and one was older, one was younger, one was very overweight, um, a, a much larger gentleman. Um, and they didn't tell me much more than that. that. That was it. But I was treating a dog that afternoon. That was my first client was a dog for the day. And just as I dropped you off at work and was going to the grocery store with these two spirit men in the back seat of the car, um, I started getting muscle spasms from my left hip down my left leg while I was driving. So thankfully, everybody knows you drive um, with your right leg. Well, I mean, you hit your <laughs> your gas pedal and your brake with your right leg. But I was going down my left leg and I had muscle spasms in my left foot, right in the pad of the foot. And I thought, that can't be me. I hope it's not me. I hope this is not coming for me. So I pulled into the grocery store parking lot, parked the car. And I thought, well, if it's not my pain, it'll go away in a few minutes. And it did. So I thought, well, this poor dog is having muscle spasms. So I went into the grocery store. And um, I started having problems with both my hips walking in the grocery store. And then I got anxiety out my yin-yang. And I thought, oh my good Lord, what is happening? I didn't want to stand in the grocery store. I was afraid of standing in the the checkout line. I I wanted to leave. Like I was really, I felt panicky. Mm -hmm. And um, I I wasn't certain if the panic had to do with the pain in my hips and the muscle spasm happening in my left foot, which I think can give anybody anxiety, or if it was just plain anxiety. And it was a different issue or two different people. I was really confused. So anyway, I thought, to hell with this. I am not leaving the grocery store without my salmon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need this for supper tonight. <laughs> and my limes. So I'm not leaving without this food. No matter how bad these spasms are, whose they are, whose anxiety I've got. So I went home. Um, put my groceries down and had a quick bite to eat and went to do a house call for these um, for this dog. And when I arrived at the house, there's two dogs. There are two dogs, proper grammar. Thank you. There are two dogs. And um, so I was greeted by the, the person at the house. I'll say I'm a gentleman. And he asked me to come in and um, his dogs were just beautiful. And so we went in, sat down in the living room, and I was there to treat one dog for a particular reason. And I went in, and he said, how do you do this, Karen? And I, he goes, am I supposed to separate the dogs? What do I do? And I said, I don't think it's going to matter. Let the dogs come in together, and we'll just see how your se- the session goes for the one dog. And he didn't tell me which dog, so that was okay. So I walked in ahead of the dogs, actually, 
and ahead of him. And um, when I sat down, um, I said, do you mind if I ask you right away if one of the dogs has muscle spasms in the left leg and in the left hip? And he said, yes. And I said, does it go down into the paw? Does he have problems with his paw? And he said, yes. So I said, well, I, I had um, a rough morning in the grocery store in that both my hips were hurting, mm-hmm. but muscle spasms pain was going down one side. And he said, yes, there's arthritis in both hips. Um, but due to a, another condition, um, that there were um, pain, uh, muscle spasms and pain down one leg. And I said, well, I said, does it also make sense that I get that in one dog? And I pointed to one dog and I said, is that the one? And he said, yeah. And I said, by chance, does the other dog have an anxiety issue? And he just rolled his eyes and started laughing. And he goes, how did you get that? And I said, another funny issue about the grocery store. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I had to fight like a bugger (laughs) um, to be able to stay in the grocery store and not follow, follow the overwhelming anxiety I have. And I said, but the thing of it is, is that I wanted to get outside. (laughs) I said, I just wanted to be in the parking lot. And he said, Karen, he said, our dog won't let us even sit and watch an hour of TV. He wants to go in and out, in and out. Oh, he wants to go stand out in the backyard. And I said, perchance, (laughs) do you have two male family members that have committed suicide? Mm. And he said, what? And I, he goes, what, where would that come from? And I said, he goes, but yes, the answer is yes. He said, my brother-in-law and my nephew. Mm-hmm. And I, and he goes, and I wanted to ask you about that today, but the session is actually for one of the dogs. Yeah. And I said, well, I had two men in the back seat of my car. And he goes, no, they're dead. Yep. I said, yeah, yep, I know that. <laughs> I said, I, I'm, I'm well aware they are dead men, but they were still sitting in the back of our car. And I said, he, uh, uh, they were in the back of the car and they just wanted to say that they were standing outside. You have a swimming pool in the back. And of course, there's snow on the ground. This is middle of the winter. I can't see that. Mm-hmm. And I can't see it from the way I've come to the house anyway, um, because the backyard is fully fenced and it, it's a privacy fence. So you would not know it. And he said, well, we actually have a uh, I think I'm an above ground pool in the backyard and um, I can't remember exactly, but he said um, the dog goes and stands out there all the, all the time and would go in and out, in and out. And he says you can go in and out like five times in a half hour. And so here I was in the grocery store <laughs> mm-hmm. with this overwhelming anxiety urge to go out. And he goes, what's that got to do with the, the two, my two family members that committed suicide? And I said, well, I said, I don't know if this is going to make sense to you, but I think your dog has started wanting to go outside since the first one took his life. And he said, I'd have to think about that. And I said, okay, that's okay. So he couldn't affirm that right away. And I said, but I said, your dog, I said, it's a female. I said, wants to go outside because the two men are standing outside and she keeps seeing them. And he laughed and said, that is so funny because my wife was teasing about this, wondering if she saw the spirits. Mm-hmm. And if she was, she, he says, I have to tell my wife when she gets home from work that she was right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
I, I, I'm telling that, that story today as, as one of the ones and an opening one because of the love that, that we both have and people that are listening to this know we love Parker and that we've had other dogs and we love pets and um, how wonderful it is still to be able to do the energy work for the two pets. So I ended up doing energy healing on both dogs, uh, one for the anxiety, hoping that she will get s- some relief, and the other dog for the um, pain in the body and um, the can't sleep at night, restless legs. There's a, there was a number of other issues that uh, and medical things that were happening. Uh, for that dog, medications, a whole bunch of things, actually, side effects from med- medications as well. And not that I'm replacing or that you and I think that we are replacing the veterinarian or that we are thinking that we replace a medication, but that we can still help with the side effects that the pets can feel from the meds um, and the um, and and the problems that come with when we are in pain, nerve pain and muscle pain, um, that we can't sleep, and that that gives us anxiety too. But I also thought it was a great illustration uh, for people listening, what it's like for you and I living a day, being in a dog's body. You mean it, being in a dog's body and having two two family members who had uh, chosen to leave Earth, and he was really angry um, that they that those two men had left, um, and and wanted to know if they knew. Um, what they had done to everybody that that was his question do they know what they have done to us do they know the anger and the hurt and how we cannot get over this and um do they feel badly are they and it was like he was really angry and wanted to know if they felt bad about what they did and this seemed to be important um that that he know that they felt bad about it that they regretted it he needed to hear it and I, I don't know that he got the answer he wanted from me because that wasn't what I got. I, I didn't get that they feel bad about it. The brother-in-law and nephew were trying to explain about their own pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them had physical pain and wanted to get out of the physical pain at all costs. It was it was 24 hours a day. There was no relief. Yeah. And it wasn't that, that they didn't understand before they left that they were going to cause pain to others. They knew that. They just weren't getting any relief with the medical community. And not to say that the medical community hadn't tried. It just was there was no help. Mm-hmm. And medical it- community also means psychiatrists. I mean therapists. I don't yeah. just mean... I don't just mean an MD or um, a pain specialist. Um, one of the, that particular family member had tried many different places um, and many different therapies, biofeedback. They had tried all kinds of things. This was somebody who tried hard, but just had no relief and just couldn't think of living 40 or 30 more or three an hour. Or I was just going to say, or even another minute or another hour. And, and it didn't come down to that they didn't know. It, or, or that they couldn't be regretful about what they were doing. It came down to they didn't have choice mm-hmm. and that they had uh, exhausted every way that uh, a human can try mm-hmm. on earth, you know, acupuncture. Like I know some people out there listening could think, oh, they didn't try everything then, but they really had. There, there was a lot in that this morning. You know, you go to a house, you think you're treating a dog. And you, I, there were two dogs and, and uh, two humans and, and that had passed. And, and a human 
that is trying to manage all of that mm-hmm. in their life. This man that was trying to manage all of that. Can I go on to another one or do you well, want to jump I, in? Yeah, I'd rather do? jump in and, and talk because ironically, you said you dropped me off at work and I was texting um, a friend during work. Uh, and, he, I, I, you know, I, we check in on each other every once in a while and we both have significant others and um, but have a deep love for each other. And, um, you know, he just asked how I was doing. I haven't seen each other in a while. And I asked how he was, and he said that he really wasn't doing well. And I know that he struggles with depression, and I know he struggles with um, a lot of, I'll say mental, hmm, men- well, mental struggles. Um, not not anything like bipolar or schizophrenia uh, by any means, but just a lot of depressive thoughts. And he just made the comment that he wasn't doing well, he was not in a good place, but that he felt he was functioning okay as a human being, which I thought was a really neat way to put it. Um, to say that he can function on a basic level to make, you know, to make sure that people aren't questioning him. Um, but there's never a real kind of honest conversation with people, right? Mm. About where he's at. And I think that creates more isolation and, and snowballs the feelings of depression. Mm -hmm. And so I just point blank said to him, do you mind if I ask if you're suicidal? And it took him quite a long time to respond. Um, and I know because in an iPhone, you have the little dots that appear and disappear and appear and disappear and then disappear if you're typing for too long. Um, but anyway, he finally said, my instinct is to say no. But just being asked that question brings up overwhelming emotions. And he was recognizing that that must mean something, mm. which I think is neat. Uh, just kind of he, he kind of almost typed the process that he went through. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he just said he had too many good family members and friends that made him... Um, want to have a better life and be better but that he doesn't know where to start and he doesn't have the tools and I just I said to him I want you to know that I love you and uh, I support ending a life as much as I support working hard to choose life and I said I know that there's a lot of feelings of guilt um, and and shame surrounding suicidal thoughts And that we often don't get to talk to other people about those feelings or thoughts because we're afraid of how they'll judge us or how they'll find solutions for us or think they are um, that just end up making us feel worse about ourselves uh, or that we should be better for others because it makes them uncomfortable to know that we're not doing well. Hmm. And my whole intention was just to let him know that if he needed to talk, kind of even just say what the thoughts are, Um, that he could be heard and have someone who felt empathy for him, who wasn't going to make a comment, wasn't going to interrupt him or make a judgment. And that there's so much shame and guilt again with the idea of leaving behind or hurting someone like you mentioned with this this gentleman at the home. Um, But that it's not about other people at that point. When you choose to end a life, whether it's because of physical pain, mental pain, Um, or just feeling out of place, how many people just don't feel like they belong here, knowing that you can be loved no matter what decision you make, I think brings relief. Because so many of us us worry about what's on the other side based on, you know, religious writings, um, or just people talking, and and, and also just not knowing. Uh, But I think to know that another human can just love you uh, is is pretty important. Mm Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can um, relate to that. 
And I mm-hmm. think sometimes when, when someone is going through grieving, so say you're grieving the loss of a spouse or a child or whatever, you can be suicidal. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you don't love the rest of the family. Um, you know, you might lose a wife or a husband and you have children perhaps and you or siblings and you love them. But maybe you feel without a partner, you don't know how to live. Even with a partner. Yeah. We, oh, yeah, tons, very much. You know, there's so many studies on um, partners who lose a child together and yeah. that they, they typically can't make it yeah. uh, in their relationship because they grieve so differently or at different times mm-hmm. um, and how they end up losing one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I just, you know, what, I, I wanted to share that. I thought it was interesting because you and I haven't been together today. Um, just the whole topic of suicide mm-hmm. um, and that I hope people can have better conversations. Yeah. You know, and I think there's so many of us, and we've talked about this before, that have suicidal thoughts with no intention of carrying anything out, mm-hmm. but just need to, to tell someone and to feel normal or to hear that everyone goes through this at some point. How many of us have thought about if I had to kill myself, how would I do it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Um, just reaching out for a conversation is huge. And I think too, as you said, Kelly, um, sometimes like when people have appointments with us, and we hear their thoughts, and we say things to them, like your spirit guides are saying, or your soul is saying that you feel suicidal, you think it, it doesn't mean you're going to do it, but you certainly think it. How often those people, as soon as we say that to them, feel comfort and can relax. Yeah, they start feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not crazy, or and it's not this big secret. Yeah, there's a, there's right there. There's just such a level uh, that that flips a switch there, and sometimes that's enough to hit like a domino effect of talking it, talking to more people. Mm-hmm. Or just being able to reach out and listen to a podcast show like this and, and know that not everybody is going to be angry or want to admit you to a hospital. And I think sometimes people are very afraid of that because they're going to be admitted to a psychiatric hospital. Mm-hmm. And if that's going to occur, maybe they'll never let me out. Oh, what if they'll medicate me for my whole life and I'll, I'll just be a zombie? Yeah, there's some fears around that. And that doesn't mean that whole system is accurate either. That doesn't happen to everyone either. But some people fear that. And I know some of that fear comes from maybe you've heard it happen to someone else or you've seen it in a movie or on TV. Um, but it's it's not the same path for every every person. Right. I You know what? I said this to you because we were you picked me up from work and we were chatting about uh, my day. And I said to you, I don't know if this is selfish, but based because of my views on, on suicide, um, and I'll say being pro in, in the right circumstances, uh, as someone who is quote unquote left behind, mm-hmm. I just want them to tell me they loved me. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm not sure if that's selfish. I haven't really mm-hmm. gone into the evaluation of that yet. I just want to know that they loved me and I don't know that they're thinking of me mm-hmm. and that they went on their way mm-hmm. and that they're okay now. Yeah. Because, and that they're out of their pain because quite often, when somebody does take their own life, ultimately we want to know that they're loved, yep. that they're not in that pain anymore, that they got relief, that they're still around us, um, and that they feel us loving them. Yeah, and I know I don't mean this to sound juvenile, so I, I want all of this to come out. I think of it like going on a trip. I, I get so excited for people when they're doing something exciting, like traveling. I'm just mm-hmm. using this in, as, as an example. I would love to be able to say goodbye, to wish them well, 
to say I love you. Um, and, and essentially, I guess, to hear, to hear those things back. So there's this exchange of love, exchange of well wishes, and then whatever journey, plane ticket they have, they can go. I like to me that's exactly how I, I choose to see death. Yeah. Whether Lovely. you end it yourself or it's it's a, a you know a disease or a a sudden death. All we really want to know is that we loved each other. Yeah. And that the, I th- well and you said it too that the love continues. Yeah, and that there's this freedom to be apart mm-hmm. but still be loved. Yes. I love it. You you did a great way or a great analogy. Thanks. I think for people to get that. Can I go on to another story? Yeah. Okay. So I'm holding it in my hands. Um, Second story was another house call. And um, this one was to um, a young woman um, client with uh, that's bedridden. And um, I see this client from time to time. So she's a young adult and she's nonverbal and um, is paralyzed. So she's very restricted. Can't see. There's uh, can't communicate. Uh, there's quite a quite a challenge to express, but that doesn't mean she can't. Mm-hmm. So there are certain things that she can do for sure. But anyway, so I walked in. This was before Christmas, and um, the night before, I got to back it up to the night before, laying in bed. Okay, I saw her like on a Thursday, I think. So Wednesday night when I went to bed, um, in the bedroom, there were these beautiful blues white silver and gray sparkles all over the ceiling all of our clients going are you sure you weren't sitting in your living room (laughs) oh that's good yeah um no I was laying in my bed and the sparkles are all over the ceiling and I'm just thinking these things are beautiful the colors of the blues were just so gorgeous bluish gray and oh and then I saw a snowflake um come together and form out of all of these sparkles and I thought well that was just incredible so I closed my eyes because I wanted to see do you see the same thing and I you know people hearing this know that that we open and close our eyes and see the same thing so I did and all the colors were still there snowflake was still there and I really enjoyed it I just took my time and I hope people hear that part that I took my time didn't turn around try to fall asleep I really enjoy watching the sparkles. And sometimes people know that I've said in the past that I open my mouth and I let them, uh, I see if they're going to go in and if they're going to do things and turn into faces and stuff. This time they didn't. They just did that and they became the snowflake. So that was that. Then the next day I got up and I drove out to this person's house to do this visit and to see them. And some of their family members were there because it was Christmas time and social workers were there as well or I don't pardon me that's not right not social workers home care workers Mm -hmm. so the home care workers were there and um other professionals as well that are that are part of the service when I go there so and we communicate as a group and I communicate on her behalf to the other people the other professionals so before we got to start, I walked in, I put my purse down, and I took the voice recorder out, and we voice recorded the sessions. And so they have, you know, many years of all of these tapes and everything, and they can go back and verify things. And I said, geez, I said, it was really cool last night. And I started talking about all the sparkles and the colors and the snowflakes and all of this stuff on the ceiling. That was that. Then we went in to do the session, and we did that. And then I came home. So then later that day, 
um, I came down to my desk. I think it was in the evening because it was quite late that I worked. I came to my desk and under a pile of bills and papers on my desk was this card. So I took the card out and I thought, geez, I forgot to get my payment from. <laughs> I get so excited when I do house calls that I forget to take, I forgot to take the payment. So I thought, well, maybe they put it in the envelope. I don't know. It's Christmas time. Maybe it's a Christmas card. I had no idea. So I thought, okay. So I whipped through it and opened it up first. And I opened it up, Kelly. And there it is. The blue, white, gray, silver, sparkles. All and shaped into a snowflake. Was the Christmas card from her to me. All of the colors the snowflake, I'd love to take a picture of this and to put it up on the website mm -hmm. if this is okay. And I'll ask the family if that is. Um, but it was everything I saw in my room the night before. And it was just an absolute incredible affirmation. Affirmation from this person who cannot communicate. That she knew the card that her mom bought and dad to give me for Christmas. And I don't know if this was a whole box of cards that went to people or if this, if they bought individual cards for yeah. you know, certain people in the family. And I could ask that too, but regardless, this is something that I didn't see. I didn't even know there was going to be a card for me that day. Um, and I saw it all. So I texted her mom and said, you have to get home <laughs> and go and listen to the voice recording. Mm -hmm. And I said, you have to ask the other people that were there in the room. Your daughter described the entire Christmas card to me by showing it to me in my bedroom last night before I even came to your house. That is an absolutely incredible thing for your child to do to be able to give to me. And I think of the beauty of that, of opening up her heart to me, my heart being open to receiving it. And to me, that's two hearts that are open and are in love with each other. Cool. I don't know how other people describe falling in love, Kelly. And I know at different times in my life that I have fallen in love with different people. You, your brother, your my ex-husband, um, my own parents, my own brothers and sisters, friends. There have been so many different people that my dogs uh, that that come and go in our lives that we fall in love with. Mm -hmm. And I think there are different descriptions of that and different situations of it. This is one of my most favorite ever. So this card is going to be framed. Nice. <laughs> and put in our living room. <laughs> yes, because it matches. But But more importantly... Isn't that cool too? The card even matches our whole house, Kelly. Mm -hmm. Like, and and anybody that has seen it on the internet, on Pinterest or, you know, our Facebook page would see the colors. But I think of the absolute gift and gifts that are within that child. And, you know, some people uh, know for certain that that child has all of these gifts. And yet I know that there are other people on this planet that would never believe them that I have any of these gifts, nor that a child who can't communicate, sit, feed itself or herself, stand up, walk, go to school, would have any intuitive gifts. 
And I just think here, here's a way that two people with these gifts can prove it to anybody that's willing to listen. And I think too, for people who are still could hear this kind of a story today and still choose not to believe, you have a little bit more of a challenge today. Thanks to her and Karen. I, I, I do. I think um, hopefully these stories that you and I share about all of our clients and the way we live our lives are a challenge to people. I would like to think that anyway, that it, that they are. I'm sure a lot of people see you as a challenge. Yay! <laughs> Standing in the grocery store, how or <laughs> with leg spasms. I'm leaving, I'm staying, I'm leaving, I'm staying. <laughs> From a dog. And then wanting to run outside and stand in the parking lot because of another dog. <laughs> like, they, like, we all have challenges mm-hmm. in what we believe and how we're living our lives. People might think that it's that, um, I don't know. That theirs are far worse than ours? Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. Who knows? I have another story. Okay. Yeah? Okay. I wrote this one down. Um, and she gave permission, so I wrote her name. Her name's Pauline. But you know what? I have to tell you something. I don't remember it at all. So I'm reading it, and I'm kind of just taking the information. And she did say that she could use her name, but I have no idea out of all the Paulines I've ever seen mm-hmm. uh, which one this is going to be. Um, but she came in and her dad wanted to come through and talk to her about her mom. And her dad has passed. Her mom is alive. So her dad came through and wanted to give medical information so that he could help her take care of her mother. Mm-hmm. And her her mom... Um, I think it was Alzheimer's or dementia. Kelly, I can't remember if it was an aneurysm, but it was brain injury. or And I'll just say brain injury, meaning cognitive, uh, cognitive challenges, memory issues, combination. And I also understand for people listening to this, that once you have one issue, some of them, they kind of compound on each other. Mm-hmm. So you could say it's age. You could say it's subs- um, oppositional defiance disorder. You could say it's the aneurysm. Things can get melted into a pot sometimes. And both medical and family don't know how or what certain causes are uh, for certain behaviors. So it gets very gray. But her father, who had passed over, wanted to come through and make it all very clear. Good. (laughs) And he, I didn't write down all the things here that he said. But I remember at the very end, he wanted to prove to her that it was him and that I was accurate and that she was to have no doubt. So what he did at the end of giving all of the medical information about her mom saying, this is when she's defiant. (laughs) She doesn't want ice cream, but that's just her personality. (laughs) Over here, she doesn't want the medication, but that's because she's having problems with digesting it. Mm. So he was splitting things up saying, it's not the ice cream that's giving her an upset stomach. It's not a milk disorder or or not a disorder, but a milk issue. It has to do with the medication. So he was splitting everything into hairs. Is that good? And I think that's a a really good way to address something where there's confusion. At the very end of the session, he said, Karen, he said, I'm her father. And he says, I want you to see through my eyes. And I said, okay. Okay. And as soon as he said that, the whole bloody room went black and white on me. And now, if people are listening to this or they've been here, they know our house is painted black or white and gray. Mm -hmm. And that our furniture is black, white and gray for the most part. (laughs) So 
you know, generally speaking, that could be confusing. But come on, there are other things in the room, right? People have blue eyes, you're wearing yeah. uh, blue jeans or oh, no, they're black. Well, today, yes. But there's this is funny, Kelly, because you actually are all in black, holding a great coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But you have a purple water bottle beside you. So there still are other colors in the room, but I could see no other colors. And I'm sitting there going, what the heck is happening? And I'm thinking, is there something wrong with my brain? What's going on? So I said to, to Pauline, I said, your, your dad is telling me that I'm seeing the world through his eyes. And she goes, yeah, what's that look like? And I said, well, actually, I said, it's kind of freaky. I said, there's no color. I said, it just went all like white and black and grays, but shades of white, gray and black. And she said, well, then that would be my father because he was colorblind. Nice. And I'm like, what? And she goes, well, that's not fully, you know, just what colorblind is. But she says, that's very much how my dad described how he saw things. Mm -hmm. And maybe other people who are colorblind might say, well, that's not true. I see it this way. Yeah, but maybe that's an effective way to say I was colorblind. That he could see no colors. And that's exactly what he was trying to give to me is that I don't see color. Not that I'm going to split hairs about what shades of color. I'm just going to show you that I can't see any colors other than black and white and gray. And I, that really helped, that helped me sit in all of that medical information. And I think it did a great thing for her that day, just to know, first of all, dad's still around, that he was still taking care of his wife, which I think is something we still want to know they do. Yeah. We want to know they're still taking care of us when they've crossed over. Mm-hmm. Are you here, honey? Are you in the kitchen? I'm not feeling well. Are you helping me through this? Or my grand, your grandkids are not doing well in school. Are you helping them? Mm-hmm. We want to know that. So he gave a really strong yes. And then he gave that little bit of affirmation to say, and it is dad. And he closed that by telling Pauline how much he loved both his girls, his daughter and his wife. And I said, is that accurate that it's just just you guys? Like there's no one else? And she goes, yes. And then he goes, no, that's not true. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. I said, what does this mean? He goes, well, she's going to be able to still affirm for you that we, we lost, we had a stillbirth. We, we had a, a child that was born, um, but prematurely, and that it was older than her. So you can say she has an older sibling. And I said, okay, so, and I think they even knew the sex had been that it was another girl. So he says, say it's a girl, because she still can affirm that she knows she had a sister. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, so I said, well, he does want you to know that he's with your sister on the other side, and she was a stillbirth. As, As you were telling the story, I heard she has a sister. And I thought, this this isn't my story, but thank you. That's nice. Oh, I'm happy to hear that for you. Thank you. So maybe that's also good, though, that you're telling people that in the story, because you and I get the same people at the same time. Yeah. And I, well, yeah. Well, we do. Oh, yeah, I know. And I just, sometimes it's information one couple seconds delayed from the other. But it's still important for people to hear it because... Um, you know, it might be hard enough to hear that or to believe that a mediums are real or medical intuitives or psychics or all the different things that we do. Mm-hmm. But when people are hearing that it's a mom and a daughter and that we live in the same home mm-hmm. and that we can see different clients but still get the same information, we can go to public events, go up to the grocery store and get the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- it, it's, it's, it's a double whammy. Yeah. 
And it's a pretty magnificent one. So what I also hope people are getting this morning as they're drinking their tea or coffee or their apple cider vinegar. and Or oh. their wine. <laughs> Whatever, Whatever they're kind drink. of day you're having. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your slurpy eggs. <laughs> if you've got runny eggs this morning. I hope they're hearing love that between the two of us, between us and our clients and why we do this. Between the spirit world and us, between the spirit world and their humans on earth, between mm. us and our pets. Yeah. Um, and and th- no matter how people pass, it doesn't mean that if someone suicided that they stopped loving you. And and I, th- I hope all those messages and all those little stories of three stories this morning bring love. That's it. I, f- I felt that I was like a Mr. Rogers wrap up. <laughs> really? <laughs> and it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Okay. Oh, why don't you end it on that? You could sing it. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no one will. Everyone will be drinking wine after that. <laughs> uh, no, that was, that was, a, that was lovely. Thank okay. you. And uh, I appreciate when I can, when I can jump in, but I also appreciate hearing the stories over again. So thank you. Mm-hmm. I had coffee. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, and I enjoyed that. Okay. Um, but we'll, we'll welcome listeners as always, if you have questions or comments about today's show, um, if you were a previous client and would like a story told, mm. um, I haven't, don't think I've said that, no. but we, we tend to forget a lot. Um, yeah. so if, you know, if you think, oh, I have a really cool story I'd love to share, we can change names, we can change genders to, to keep identity. Okay. Um, but we love sharing. So if you would like to email us, you can do so at info at Otherwise, have a wonderful weekend.